In the words of the legendary Lou Gellerman, hello dog fans and welcome to the Sound the Siren podcast because everything matters, including Husky weather game days at Husky Stadium. Yeah, thanks Pac-12, it's a Friday night, but here we are. Uh, I am your host, Hooligan7, I'm joined tonight by DJ K. Woody, uh, the darker night, uh, otherwise known tonight as Time to Put pause on o- on OS who uh and 6 at 0 at home aka uh our friend hood husky how's everybody doing tonight we we good we good all right yeah thanks pac 12 if that that game was on saturday the weather looks great on saturday again In thank Seattle. you larry scott Just saying. Um, how are you enjoying <laughs> the surface of the sun <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we, we of course can't get any farther in this podcast without talking about beverages. Uh, DJ, what do you got tonight? The old reliable. Oh, water. See, I was thinking old reliable. <laughs> Claw. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. They're both, they're both reliable. <laughs> How about you, man? Uh, so I actually, do not have water at the moment, um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna volunteer for for uh, for DJ where where he where he failed hey. us. So I got I got the white claw as well. You know what I'm saying? Thought I thought I'd hit, switch it Love up. It. You know, a little bit. Love it. But I'll definitely get some H two O later for sure. Darker night. How about you, sir? I see. I'm the one putting paws on OS who and you coming in with the white paws. I see, <laughs> I see we did that. Uh, I'm just, man, honestly, I just got me a right. H2O. We're keeping it real basic tonight. I got a, got a long yeah. day tomorrow. And uh, hopefully a, a long day. <laughs> Come long on. Day celebrating good football at Husky Stadium. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm on Team Water, but I'm not only on Team Water. Uh, I, uh, in honor of uh, a three-game uh, winning streak for the first time ever above 500 Seattle Kraken, I had one little shot or kind of the last of a bottle of the, the Kraken rum that attacks from Seattle Special Edition to celebrate their 4-0 win over uh, Minnesota tonight. Um, and then yeah. more in my... Are they for real? We'll see. They can they can score, which is a lot. Playoff team? They're exciting. They're exciting. They are not boring. Uh, they can yeah. score, and that's progress from uh, quite a bit of last season. Um, but more yeah. on my on my me on my my usual stuff. I have a lucky envelope brewing, uh, pecan pie cream stout, or as uh, Harry Burns would say, pecan pie. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a, a 1980s rom-com reference for, for all you youngsters out there. Um, and it's quite nice as is basically everything I've ever had from Lucky and Envelope Brewing. So shouts to them. Um, uh, into our next segment, uh, Stupid Tweets. Uh, and I mean, I of course could say, you know, basically anything from Ryan Schill. Half of my tweets. Big game boomer. I mean, you know, but, but I don't have anything in specific. Uh, but any yeah. of you gentlemen have any specific tweets that uh, need to be um, laughed at? Yeah, I got, I got one. It's a little different kind of stupid tweet that we normally share. But PFF College uh, account tweeted the top ten wide receivers in the country, and Rome Adunze is not on there. That's that. That feels wrong. 
I saw that too. I was like, yeah, this list is all backwards. Yeah, seriously. I mean, I mean, they got some guys on there that definitely deserve to be on there, but Rome does too. Yeah. Well, I guess I will mention. I, I don't remember who the the original tweet was. Uh, it's not a stupid tweet. It's just a, a funny Twitter comment given global news or or, or recent uh, corporate news at, at Twitter that you know uh, pointing out that somebody spent somebody spent forty four billion dollars on something worth or about ten. So there's that. <laughs> Elon, not elite decision making uh, with. Uh, that maybe overpay. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> it's a gamble. Um, I wouldn't say stupid tweets, but I would say um, missed opportunity. I wouldn't say stupid opportunity. Missed opportunity. Um, I think this is a big game, and you had two weeks to kind of prepare the fans to pull up and show up. And there was no theme generated. There was no hype generated outside of just Isaiah Stanback today. Which is fire. But you had two weeks to kind of say, put your asses in these seats, um, create a theme for the night. Hey, we're all white. Hey, we're all black. Hey, we're going to wear these cool uniforms. Like you had a layup opportunity to kind of, um, in a big game, you know what I mean? This is a ranked opponent, kind of rally some some fans, you know, and some casuals, you know, while the, you know, the city's relatively hot in regards to sports. Um, and it, the weather's not crazy, crazy. The rumors are, but the weather's not, it doesn't seem to be super crazy where you wouldn't be at a Mariner game. So I would say just more missed opportunity. Yep. Not, um, want to point that out. In marketing for, for sure. sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure like most of the, a lot of the casual fans, weren't even like thinking about the game coming up on Friday because there's no hype. There's nothing. Yeah, so it's pretty disappointing. And there's nothing else in town. So yeah, it's, 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 it's yeah. crazy. I mean, it's pretty unfortunate. Yeah. They're they're. I mean, I feel like, yeah, that there was a little bit of a loss of momentum with the back-to-back losses to UCLA and ASU, but particularly the ASU loss. But that doesn't mean like, Oh my God, we lost two games and like we, we, we can't talk. We can't puff our chest out and we can't, do a damn thing to market the team. Come on now. Like we're six and two, we're bowl eligible. There's um, a ton left to yeah. play for this season. Um, I don't know why we, uh, I, I, that's a, a great call out. Hood. Not stupid tweets, just kind of stupid, stupid lack of, stupid <laughs> lack of, <laughs> stupid, stupid, stupid lack of tweets. <laughs> That don't. I think we got a new uh, segment. Stupid <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, let's um, let's switch it up a little bit, and before we dive into the recap of Cal, uh, let's talk a little recruiting up front um, and shout out uh, a hometown hero, hometown Husky. The commitment of uh, uh, EJ, I believe it's Kemenong. I think I'm not butchering the, I hope I'm not butchering the pronunciation no, um, from Garfield uh, quarterback, uh, three-star quarterback. Um, I haven't, uh, I have been incredibly busy with work lately. have not had a chance to really dig into the film, but uh, good. I think you've watched it and, and certainly will yield the floor to anyone that's watched the film and um, feel free to give your impressions and thoughts on the, on the commit. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm no EJ. Uh, Kind of from afar, uh, 
for a little over a year. Um, he trains with my boy, L-D-E-T, um, who's known for producing some really good QBs. Um, and so just kind of watching the development, but I mean, the kid has it all. Um, watching him up close and, you know, just watching film, you know, he definitely has the arm strength and mobility, the toughness. He's competitive, not afraid to mix it up. I mean, he's going to bring an attitude to that QB room for sure. Um, I, I completely agree with that. Um, step up that con- competitive nature in the room. Um, and I think also, too, you know, if, if Penix decides to go, you have all Washington quarterbacks outside of Lincoln Keenholz Keen in that room. So you got guys that know each other and they're all going to like have this really, really high standard. Uh, obviously, if Dylan's there as well, too. Um, and obviously all have worked with with LD. So, um, yeah, in regards to, to EJ, I think all the physical tools are there. I think the size is there. Um, I think with our philosophy in regards to the offensive line, you know, I've uh, initially I think when we offered him, I believe it was, I said, this was a quarterback uh, that potentially could bring us to the Rose Bowl again. You know what I mean? So um, I'm sticking to that. Um, in regards to things I see on the tape, a strong arm, um, very mobile, but um, mobile with his eyes downfield, uh, definitely wants to throw uh, all the time. Um, legitimately reminds me of what's – it's very funny. If you watch um, Kalen DeBoer quarterbacks, obviously Penix and, and Hayner, he literally looks like a mold of them their their style already before even being in their system. So it's pretty kind of cool uh, to to kind of see that. Um, I don't think he's the runner as someone say like Keenholz, but um, but definitely mobile, mobile, and mobile to throw for sure. Um, and one, one last point I'll say is also too um, not long after his commitment. He was on his job being the alpha dog a quarterback is is supposed to be. And also not only a quarterback, but a kid from the inner city, Seattle, uh, Garfield High School is supposed to be reached out to all of the local recruits in the area and um, shouted them out and said, you know what to do, you know, kind of join the team and, you know, and and put on for the home team. So, yeah, it's a big win. I think, uh, no, he's definitely I think he's an underrated prospect. I think he can easily be a a four star guy. I remember just being on the sideline. I was actually on Garfield's sideline watching uh, them play Eastside Catholic. And uh, it was a good slugfest, hard-hitting game. And then Eastside Catholic started to pull away. But the fact he was still rallying his guys and his guys' face wanted to see his guys' eyes huddling the guys up, you know, when momentum started to shift, you could just tell he just has natural leadership. That's kind of one thing that, that really stood out to me along with his physical traits, it was just that, that kind of separated him. Yeah. And that's great. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Go ahead, DJ. Go ahead, Hooligan. I was, I was going to add just a little bit because you guys have seen a lot more film on him than I have. And you guys hit on everything that I would say, but yeah, I like his toughness and like what you're saying at the end, Dark Knight, like the leadership that it seems like he brings is on the field, obviously, is what I saw is great. And then, yeah, it seems like he has some leadership off the field, too, with some of the guys locally that can maybe help bring in. So that would be huge as well. Uh, and, you know, he's he's close. He said he should be a four-star. He has 89 rating on uh, two, 247 Sports, and so he's right there on the fringe. Has a good senior year or just good workouts in the summer. He can get bumped up to a four-star easily. It, is he legit a 6'2", though? Yeah, 
Or is he shorter? Yeah, I, yeah. He's solid six. He's solid six okay. too, and, and relatively stocky too. I think he could <laughs> he could be yeah, kind of big. Yeah, I think he can be kind of big. If if he falls in love with the weight room, he could be kind of a monster. Um, I think to be honest, um, just as long sure. as we don't get to like a uh, you know Jared Lorenzen. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> we don't want, <laughs> we don't want quarterbacks that kind of big. Um, we want them to be able to, you know, we don't want a quarterback that looks like an offensive lineman. Maybe 195 or something like that right now. Um, He's not. He wears, I mean, I think it's his flag jacket that makes him look bigger than what he is. But he's got good size. Like that's yeah. going to be a big kid, and, and for sure. he's also going to be. Um, uh, I would say, uh, I think he's going to be FSP's quarterback. You know, during the off season, and we know, you know, there's a lot of respect, you know, around the country for FSP and what they do. So with that exposure, um, there, EJ for sure is going to climb up. I mean, if if Bari was considered a, a four star last cycle, um, EJ is definitely going to kind of grow amongst that kind of. Uh, that amongst that crowd of eva- evaluators is what I'll say. Yeah. And I, and I will say, I don't think that the importance of uh, a quarterback just truly, you know, be kind of the starter and the catalyst for a class, particularly one that, you know, that wants to get out there and, um, and have a voice and, and recruit other talent from, from the area. Um, I think the, the, the big change that we've seen over the course of the last two to three years is, is certainly a, a significant fall off of the number of of in-state kids that we've been able to, to keep home. Um, and, and certainly a lot of that is going to be led by, you know, kids from Seattle or kids from around the Seattle area. And um, for the long-term viability of the program, getting a player like EJ in terms of the sign that that sends and the rumblings out there about the, that some things might be shifting with this class, um, the importance of that cannot be understated. Um, in terms of the long-term health and, and progression of this program. Um, all right, should we talk about uh, Cal? Uh, it was a Cal game. We actually won. We beat Cal. Um, did it leave something to be desired? Absolutely, but we got a win in Berkeley. Uh, so take that, Oski. Uh, nightmare fuel that you are. Um, but I, I definitely... Uh, have some thoughts, but but don't want to monopolize the conversation. I think of a lot of missed opportunities in the first half, um, a lot of settling for. Um, don't don't be wrong. I'm happy based on some complaints that I made earlier, like actually kicking field goals rather than trying to force the issue. Um, but but certainly still some you know lack lapses in execution and just not you know and credit to Cal they played pretty well. Um, but there was certainly an opportunity where things go differently that game's not really ever a game cal doesn't ever come close to leading uh, as opposed to you know them taking a lead early in the first uh, early in the, the third quarter uh, and then tying the game kind of midway through the third quarter but uh more in-depth perceptions and 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 takeaways from you gentlemen uh yeah i'll, go, I'll start uh, yeah that was just really it was one of the most disappointing relieving games, I guess you could say, of the season. I mean, I I literally had those thoughts when I, you know, once it was halftime and I seen 6-0, and I was like, what, what are we doing? Like 6-0? I, I, I literally, my mind was just, and then to see them actually take a lead, and I was like, okay, 
this is what we're going to do today. Um, but it was, it was kind of nice. I mean, again, and I just felt like we were trying not to lose and we were just playing almost too safe. Um, especially in that first half, it was just really sluggish. The play calling just, there was nothing that kind of <clears throat> followed each other where you felt like we were capitalizing on, on plays and taking, you know, taking advantage of tendencies. It's like we were just trying stuff and hoping something works. Uh, in the second half, it was almost like they kind of flipped the switch offensively and you kind of see more of a, um, you know, easy going offense where it was like, okay, this is the Husky team I remember. Um, it's almost too little too late, but thank God it wasn't too late. <laughs> but to put up 22 points in the second half, um, definitely put a smile on my face, but it, it left me with a lot to desire, especially um, offensively um, in the run game where, I mean, I think we average a little over 3.5 yards a carry as a team. Um, that game? Yeah. Or just, okay. Damn. So that, yeah, that left a lot to be desired. Um, so just kind of hoping we bounce back and show some consistency, um, having a little bit of a break here. Yeah, and I want to say, like, the thing you commented is playing too safe, especially the first half. And, yeah, because I think before we were kind of complaining about maybe being too aggressive. So just got to find that balance. Like, okay, where do we need to be aggressive or when do we need to just be play a little conservative or be safe? And so, uh, yeah, they just need to find that balance over the last four games or so. Uh, yeah, definitely a frustrating game. It was nice to see – I know it was against Cal, but it was nice to see the defense make some plays uh, and I mean, play – Play, play okay instead of bad. <laughs> Ott is not a bad running back. Yeah, the run game was it. 61, we, we held them to 61 yards and 2.0 yards per rush. So there's definitely, uh, I think yeah. we're starting to see it. And I think this is something that's going to come up in our conversation about Oregon State for sure. But um, while there are parts of this defense that or aspects of defending that we struggle with, um, pretty decent run defense. Was this Mish uh, Powell's first game back, or is he back for Arizona? I can't remember. No, this was his first back. Which, this is first. Yeah, so yeah he's a difference maker. Back. Stopping that with tackles, and like like Hood said, <gasps> stopping wait, the wait, run wait, game. Wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, he's he, he's a <laughs> yeah, huh? uh, and and obviously. Uh, Anytime I know I know it was it was frustrating, but anytime we come out with a road win, that's that's big. No matter against who who it is, like we we couldn't beat ASU on the road. They suck. A Cal's, in my opinion, a better team than them, and we got the W. So that's huge. So I don't want us to be all negative on everything, but I want to say one last thing. Holy shit! I I was about to throw something at the end of the game with those penalties called against us that literally almost lost us the game. Like I know you don't want to blame stuff on the rest, but yep. like they, they gave them, they extended yep. the game because of these dumb penalties. It seemed intentional. Yeah. It seemed yeah. intentional. And on first down, can... like Troy's hold and so stuff funny. was like, bro, are, are, are on, you, on place where what are you doing? Yeah. Are you trying to like create an yeah. upset? Are you trying to like, it was like, it was like, yeah, I got a shout out to my buddy um, Tequila Sunrise. Uh, not, Tequila UW. This is a different tequila that's out there that he made a great point about. <laughs> um, to, to your point, DJ, about road wins. Um, that 
there are not a ton of road wins that have happened thus far in the conference this year. Um, and the teams at the top end of, of the, of the conference have them. And those that are not yep, at the top of the that. conference don't. So anyway, yep. yeah, do I think we should have yep. one more? Do I think we should have lost to a walk on third string quarterback mm. from ASU? No, but that's, he's playing very he's, he's a, playing well. a props to him. He's playing very well. Um, I'll, I'll just say my takeaways, man, you guys, Covered a lot of my notes and my bullet points. Um, I'll just say um, Penix's, you know, accuracy and decision making was still on display. I think he's definitely been one of the more accurate quarterbacks, um, you know, in college football. Everybody wants to compare him and uh, Bo Nix or DTR's completion percentage, but it's like, dude, I got as many completions as you have attempts. So let's be honest. I'm only one or two percent behind you. I'm definitely a more efficient quarterback. Um, I, I want to give a shout out to our offensive line. Right. I feel like I've given a whole bunch of shout outs to um, a lot of our skill players, and I've been doing a lot of overcompensation sometimes for our DBs, but I definitely want to shout out the offensive line. Um, and then what you guys were saying, uh, just kind of the field goals versus the fourth downs. I think, at, uh, to be honest, I think Peyton Henry is is uh, automatic if we have him in rhythm. Eight eight games into the season, we haven't gotten him in rhythm. So so forget that process and let him kick extra points. Go for it on fourth down. Um, I think we've had more success um, offensively and um, and also to um, with balancing the win and loss of the decision. I think uh, UCLA cost us. Um, the game by going for it on fourth. But other than that, we haven't really been in too many adverse situations for going forward on fourth. So just at this point, the field goal versus fourth down. Yeah, I agree. I feel like there was a whole bunch of other mistakes there too. Um, that kind of cost that and not adjusting, yeah. but, but yeah, yeah and I, um, sure. we yeah. also want, good. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, we also want a new way. Um, this was something we didn't score 40 points. Yeah, we, you know, we didn't score 30 points. It's, so we won a new it, way. It's a whole new world we're living in um, where Washington winning ugly means we still score 28 points. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. Wild. Uh, Facts. Um, <laughs> yeah, and what I was going to say is I, I think the big, bigger thing or like my comment about when to kick field goals or, or something like I think the, the situations where we've had a 7 nothing lead and, and elected to go for it or like in a situation like it's one thing in this situation – um, certainly, I, I don't have any issue with you know kicking a field goal to try and go up a, a two score. Um, it's the times where we pass that up where we could go up, to, could take a, t- a touchdown lead to, to a ten point lead, or a ten point lead to thirteen points. Um, but I agree, it's not in rhythm, and and I think their rhythm is is very much to be very aggressive. But uh, let's go ahead and talk about Oregon State. It doesn't look like, despite the atmospheric river that we're expecting. Tomorrow it's supposed to be uh, somewhat mitigated at game time. I'm still bringing my rain gear. Um, so apologies uh, to my friend Hood, who's uh, going to be sitting next Facts. to me, because there's going to be a lot of deflected uh, raindrops <laughs> bouncing, hey, bouncing hey, look, off me. Listen, I've been, I've, been balling, I've been dodging droplets for the last three years, big dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, it looks like... How's the wind uh, supposed to be? I think it's kind of mitigate my been a little bit mild, and I think they're saying like maybe some wind ten to fifteen, not the thirty five to forty five. Ten to fifteen, yeah, not the thirty five to forty five. I mean, okay. I think that there's a we talked about it a little bit in a spaces last night where I think that Penix has such an arm that like I don't think like yeah it's probably going to impact the deep ball, but he's going to be able to whistle it through in a 
uh, on the the short intermediate routes with no much problem. I think it was actually going to be probably a bigger impact on Hill Branson, who doesn't have the the big league arm yep. like Penix does uh, in a gustier situation. Um, whereas with with milder winds, I, I think that's going to make it probably you know easier. I mean, it's going to make it easier for both quarterbacks, but I think it's going to mitigate some of the advantage that Penix has in terms of uh, the the hose and in inclement weather. Please let's not rely on body catches. That's when bad things happen. Let's let's still trust yes. our hands, and even if it's inclement weather. Yeah, and and I think the the big thing for me and I, we were talking about it a little bit with the Cal conversation about holding a good running, a decent running back to, um, to you know allowing two point you know two yards per carry to, to Cal's is is good showing. Uh, the proof will be in the pudding for our run defense over the course of the next two weeks. These are probably the two best running teams we're going to see all year, um, and if we can, if we can contain that and keep them under 150 that's going to mean very good things for us yeah uh, a lot of people thinking that the weather is going to impact you know ryan grubbs arrogance is is i don't think that's true at all um this offense started in inclement weather you know it just got to california i mean (laughs) you know what i mean so I think these guys are real willing to to air it out. Um, And then obviously I don't don't feel like there's... They don't have tropical weather in Indiana and North Dakota? No, not at... You haven't heard? (laughs) I mean, Fargo, North Dakota, wherever they were coaching isn't, you know, just a suburb of Waikiki. (laughs) No, come on. 85 all the time, baby. (laughs) But yeah, man, I think they're still gonna. I think they're still gonna air it out. Um, but I think one thing that's really cool is, you know, within airing it out, it's strength versus strength. You know, it's the pass game versus the NFL talent that's you know in their pass defense. I don't think they're gonna get too much of a rush. So I think it's gonna definitely be like a lot of isolated situations, a lot of NFL film, you know, for our wide receivers. So I think this is the game to kind of showcase for Oregon State and for UW's uh, skill players on the outside. Washington's offense and, and um, Oregon State's yep. defense. I think this is an NFL game, you know, for for uh, both sides of them. So I'm I'm excited to see that matchup, and that's going to be a strength for strength. Um, I think we do come out come out on top of that. They're very aggressive. They're they're relatively slow footed, but they're physical. And I think our receivers struggle, you know, with a lot of uh, physical kind of corners and aggressive corners that squat on things, et cetera. But uh, yeah, I think that's going to be something to watch. Um, their run game is going to be. And they're going to rely on it. I think um, uh, Deshaun Fenwick is probably the second or third best power back in the conference. Um, He hasn't been getting RB1 touches, but, you know, the uh, Griffin, I think it's Bam Griffin, and uh, uh, it was Adrian Martinez Mm -hmm. have been doing a really good job, um, you know, kind of keeping that run game going. And that's another strength. It's going to be a tough game. strength on strength matchup. It's what we, you know, it's our run. Our defense is better against the run than it is against the pass. Their offense is better running the ball than it is passing the ball, so it's going to be our pass offense versus their pass defense, and and our run defense versus their run offense. And and included in that run defense um, is going to be having, you know, all four ex- expected starters in you know the defensive backfield starting this game. You know, plus obviously Husky and Dom mm-hmm. Hampton. Um, 
you know, that's that's very valuable. I think this our run defense is going to be the most valuable in this game, and I think this has been this is going to be the toughest game of the year in regards to like um, strength for strength and things like that. The um, uh, the most formidable opponent. So I do think that uh, the benefit of having our our defensive backfield healthy is going to benefit more in the run game. You know what I mean? So AC coming downhill heavily, um, Asa being master communicator with guys that he's comfortable with. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think Dom the only Hampton, yeah. Dom Hampton, I think, I think it primarily benefits the run game. The only kind of thing we haven't really seen is, you know, when we haven't seen this kind of Jordan Perriman in the run game and being mm-hmm. an imposing factor there. So I assume they're going to run to his side because Misha's probably going to shut a lot down on the other side. So we'll see real fast if, if Jordan's up to that task. Yeah, seeing the, the full hammerhead Hampton yeah, uh, in the in the run game. <laughs> that was what that Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to make like – yeah, I figure that's what it was. <laughs> I'll make like I haven't watched a ton of uh, Pac-12 this year. I was gone in Florida for three straight Saturdays and been at Husky games. So I haven't seen a ton of Oregon State. <laughs> uh, I've seen a ton of Oregon State, but what I've seen of them, I mean, the, the thing that sticks out the most is like their toughness. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it was nice. That's a good call. Uh, That's a good call. Their, their toughness stands out. Like, more, like They're one of the toughest teams I've seen. Toughness, toughest teams I've seen in the Pac-12 because uh, a lot of the Pac-12 want to just like – go up and down the field and offense, offense score, but they're physical. It seems like uh, more so than a lot of the other Pac-12 teams and more so than a lot of the teams we've played so far. So we've got to match that, that physicalness during the game. And yeah, they're going to, they're going to run the ball a lot. And like you said, Hooligan, this is, and, and Hood is strength on strength with, uh, with their run game and our run defense. Like, I mean, we're going to get guys to step, step up. I think it's going to, honestly, I know we're going to do predictions and I'm still undecided on my prediction. Like it's like a, to me, it's like a really real toss up. I mean, you guys might feel differently, but you know, Oregon state's pretty solid and you know, we're, we're solid too, but the one yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to being there. The one too. thing I'll say DJ is that, you know, true toughness are teams that are led by um, their trenches. I think these guys are tough in a pretty boy way if that makes sense. I think when you're led by your DBs, there's an element of you can get torched. And then now that toughness is kind of gone. Like, it's kind of like, damn, all right, well, I'm a little humbled, you know, but if your trench play is dominant, (laughs) I think that's when there's a different kind of element of like imposing your will. So I think if we're able to beat their DBs, we'll break their will. um, And that toughness will kind of disappear. You can kind of see that in Rajon, right? Um, I think Oladapo is kind of, you can kind of see that in him. You can see that as well as Alex Austin. Alex Austin is one of my favorite DBs in the conference and he's tough as nails. You know, uh, you watch him versus Drake London last year and he's getting mossed left and right, but he's still talking trash and battling and getting his PBUs and stuff. But you, you sun that secondary and I think you sun their whole team. Yeah, for sure. Uh, kind of piggyback off what Hood said. I remember watching the uh, USC game and, you know, them holding USC to 17 points. And that's when USC was rolling. Yeah. Um, but then they play Utah 42. and they give up, you know, 42 points. <laughs> so you just don't know what, what team is going to show up. But uh, like Hood was saying, you could you could literally take their will um, if you use their strength against them. And, I mean, that's our strength as our receivers and our passing game. Um, but to do that, I think you can run the ball downhill at him as well. Um, I 
although they're athletic, I don't think they're as stout um, on the second level. Um, so if we can get to the second level, I think our running backs could eat. Um, and doing that, setting up play action, I think we can actually put up some decent points. Um, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is going to be our best def- defensive performance of, of the season. Right, I like it. I just Ooh, think I like just, that. Uh, I like having the secondary come back together since it's our first time. Every member of that secondary has been healthy since Kent State. Um, having that extra week to prepare, um, man, it's gonna. I just it's gonna pay dividends. Now you're able to run the different type of schemes you were running previously and earlier in the year um, defensively, where you know things aren't so vanilla. Where the pre-snap is easy for the opposing QB. Now you can yeah. You can drop another safety in the box, like Dom or Ace, and play those games, um, and be a little more physical and stout, and you know force those teams to to run. But now you're leaning on your edge pressure, and I think that's yeah. what we have although to I, I as well. So I'm looking forward to. I, I do think the the absence of, Tri- of Braylon Trice this week is gonna. Um, that's probably like the biggest area of concern that I have. Um, Unless Jonathan Smith decides, like, hey, they're not good at pass at pass defense. Let's just try and air it out, um, which would be playing a, away from their strength uh, offensively. Which, like, okay, great, but um, but but the absence of Braylon is, is certainly something that is a caveat for concern. I I complete I completely agree there. I think you know, not just in the past game, but disrupting in the back uh, backfield this game uh, and the run game with TFLs was going to be very important. Um, I would say we are very, very lucky that the person that's going to be filling in for him is going to be better in the run game. Um, and that's going to be Savelle um, f- far better in the run game. And that's what we'll need in this game. Um, I also feel like it may be appropriate time to kind of pose the I was gonna get question that too, yeah. I posed to I was again. gonna get that I, I was, oh, I was oh, that see. segue but but take it away man <laughs> dude I, we we we're right here bro me and me and you got the I got the Charles Xavier Magneto vibes um uh so like uh fellas man do you guys think um do you guys think the winner of this game is in the tier one of the Pac-12 or the leader of tier two? When you say tier one, how many teams are we putting in tier one? Uh, So I think that's UCLA, Oregon, Utah, and USC, because I think they have numerically the best chance to win the conference. That next tier is Oregon State and UW. So I'm just kind of curious if you think the winner of this is genuinely by talent, by scheme, by coaching staff, is genuinely a competitor for the conference in that top tier, or just the best team in that tier two, that Wazoo, Oregon, Oregon State? I, I definitely think it's, I mean, you're in tier one, just because I think the South has yet to really play each other. So UCLA and USC are going to have to play each other. Um, same with Utah. And uh, USC, so um, or UCLA, so all that you know, that's all gonna figure itself out. But I don't see anyone going to the Pac-12 championship with no less than two losses. So um, somewhere along yep, the line, it's gonna kind of even out. So I think the winner of this, I think the loser of this game is definitely mm-hmm. out of contention for the yeah I... title. So which is why this is an important game, and it's all hands on deck, but. 
Um, no, you win. You're definitely net tier one. Okay, I like that. DJ. All right, so my answer would be they're in their own tier, right below the tier one and right and right above that that tier two. So it's probably not the answer you're looking for. <laughs> uh, you probably want to answer one or the other. So it's like, <laughs> so I think they're the <laughs> the only the main reason why I say that <laughs> the main reason why I say that is because I can't put uh, us or Oregon State in the other tier until they beat one of those top four tier teams. Oregon, we haven't beat UCLA. Obviously, we haven't played Oregon or haven't played USC until we beat one of those teams. I don't know if I would say we're in that that next tier. I, I like that because uh, Utah's or sorry, USC's beat Oregon State. Oregon's beat what Wazoo? UCLA. Oregon's beat UCLA, UCLA. Wazoo. UCLA beat UCLA Utah. Beat Utah. Utah beat yeah, USC. word. So it's it's. So I guess you're. So I mean, yeah. I, isn't I would say USC's biggest win is Oregon State. Did they beat you? They beat no, Utah. No, Utah right? beat them. No, Utah beat USC. Oh yeah, they did. Yeah, so you're then right. I would. Utah. So then I would say then yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, that USC and UW would have the big, the same two big conference wins. So I think that yeah. true. Yeah, the only team that hasn't lost their conference game is yeah. is Oregon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Next week. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna give a modified answer to, to DJs, and I, I don't think that this is like, I think it is a critical game, and and if you lose this game, short of doing something very unexpected and going on the road and beating Oregon, I hate saying that, but that would be very unexpected. Um, I think I want three and one out of the next four games. Um, I think the likeliest path to that is obviously Hood as is your sign in tonight, six and zero at home. Hold, hold, you know, hold down the fort, protect this, you know, protect this house. Beat Oregon State and beat Colorado at home, and then go on the road, road and beat the Cougs because the Cougs are not. Um, I'm sorry, they don't particularly scare me. Uh, <laughs> just don't. Um, I agree with that. They did when they played Oregon, but I after that, that, we I got that, that, that took like, a lot of the wind out of their out of their sails. Came back down to earth. I don't think they've been the same yeah. team since. I mean, and yes, they'll get up for Washington and blah 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 blah. But it, like, I'm sorry, like an undersized defense does not scare. Like, no, the, they do not have the athletes to stop Rome, Jalen, Jalen, Taj, Giles, Dev, Big Panic's energy. No. <laughs> No, we lose that game. We we lose the Apple Cup if we get into a a shootout and and give them the ball three times. Um, but um, I don't think like it is a step in the right direction. Um, I think so much depends on what it looks like next week. If you know, if you come out and you do what you do, what you're supposed to do, and beat Oregon State at home. I think if you lose at Oregon, but it's close, and then you come home, beat the shit out of Colorado as you're supposed to, um, and go on the road and beat the Cougs, I think you're, you have a, an argument to be in that conversation. Um, if you win this game, but go on the road and get blown out at Oregon, 
And then even if you come back and beat the Cougs in Colorado, that's, you're not in the same conversation. And then if you, if you go two and two over the, you know, you win this game, but you go, you lose to Washington state and Oregon, you're not in the conversation to be at the top of the conference. You're just, you're not there. So it, it really is like where you are and where the team is, is determined not just by this game, but by the rest of the schedule. Agreed. Completely agree with that. I was just curious. I mean, we got six bowl eligible teams and, you know, and obviously Wazoo played Oregon super, super close. So I understand the conference is really tight. Um, So I was just curious, you know, numerically, you know, you got six teams technically still in it, um, four kind of getting the publicity. So I was just kind of curious everybody's answers in regards to that. I'd love to play UCLA again because I think we gave – that's a different game if we – if the the two biggest mistakes that Mike Penix has made this season wipe those off the board, and that game's an entirely different Mm -hmm. ballgame. I think – and Wayne's fumble. And yeah, right. Fumble. I, and, and I think I a lot mean, of that came down to yeah. preparation. And I didn't mean to – like, I'm not placing in a, a lot of that came to preparation. No blame sure. on, on Mike. It was just those were not great decisions, <laughs> as we broke down in a previous episode. I think, I think it just came down to <laughs> – I think it came down to preparation. I mean, I think they thought, you know, I think, you, I think what it was was UCLA showed a lot of – um, middle field close, so like a lot of like cover three kind of looks, cover one looks all year. And then when they played us, they started doing a lot of uh, middle field opens, so a lot of two high looks and things like that. And I don't think we really adjusted, like, um, you know, that's like really protecting the corners. And I and we just kept trying to shoot our shots deep. We, we didn't adjust with the run game or the short pass game. So I think that was kind of the arrogance within the scheme. And the first time we kind of got challenged in the pass game to adjust and we just didn't do it. Um, and then the Arizona State game, you know, they they started that game with a whole bunch of guys that were on the four four game program. They started the game with game guys that were on the four game program to maintain eligibility. So that should tell you how serious they took Arizona State. So I think they will not make that same mistake again this season. Um, I think Cal was a struggle, but they took it serious. You get two weeks before Oregon State. So I think um, just in regards to the outcome of this game and stuff like that, like I think it's going to be very, very physical. I think you're not going to have them. Um, I think you kind of get the staff up for the first game since maybe UCLA or and with something to prove and then uh, Michigan State with something to prove. So. And also this is a – For sure. I think this is going to be the top tier, t- top tier matchup for sure. Let's not understate the importance of a home game. Um, yes, it's a Friday night. Yes, they're pains in the ass. Weather's not going to be great. But as I as we discussed discussed in the spaces last night, like this is husky. You know, this is husky weather. Let's not be kooks. Let's not complain about the weather and use it as an excuse. Show up, be loud. It, it, if you're worried about rain and you're a husky fan, come on now. You're you're <laughs> you're, you're supporting the wrong team. Go ahead and move to California. Move to Hawaii. Go be a you know a San Diego State fan. Um, just bring it. Yeah, and I just looked. 57 degrees, the high tomorrow. Today was freezing. Thursday is like 44. And actually it was cold out there. So a little warmer, too, for those that are worried. It's not going to be as wet as anticipated either. It would actually be decent. We're fine. And, but all the more reason, like, it's not going to – we're not going to have to game plan around – 
40 mile an hour wind gusts like that's going to bring more of the deep ball from Penix into play and as good as that their dbs are yep you're not going to stay with roman Uh, the odds of staying with rome jalen and jalen on longer routes longer term repeatedly not high and i think ryan grubb really figured out that conversion trick like i think this last game he was like all right let's see if peyton can put points on the board well Damn, like two out of three, I'll take that. But we allowed lowly Cal to stay in the game, kind of going with the points. So, shit, I think I'm going to go with somebody like Cam Davis, who's been an extremely phenomenal like conversion back in the red zone when early in the season we kind of struggled with red zone, running and passing. Cam Davis kind of fixed those problems. Okay. Uh, you know, Wayne was kind of struggling. Wayne was kind of struggling with those fourth and shorts, you know, whether they were tossed or inside zones or, you know, even off tackle type type things. Wayne was struggling with those. You throw Cam Davis in there. He's your conversion back. He's converting those. So I think they're starting to like transition into that. Um, so I think you're going to start, you're going to see a lot more aggression in this game, um, a lot more confidence in, in themselves this game. And I don't think, you know, like I said, this often started in inclement weather. I think they're going to pedal to the metal, really try to showcase their, you know, their gall, their, you know, their balls, to be honest. And balls. I think they're going to try to really expose that Oregon State defense, man. Yeah. Like, I don't think Grubb's going to adjust. Uh, you know, I think he's – you stop me. Can you stop me? No. Oh, well, Cam Davis here, convert, you know, in between the 20s. Or, sorry, uh, yeah. in the red zone. Yeah, and the only thing I really don't want to see, like the biggest complaint is I, I just don't want to see more of the short side pitch plays. But that's just a, a personal beef. <laughs> um, I mean, we don't have too many guys that are making people miss other than Will Nixon, you know. I mean, Sam is, has done pretty well in conversion yeah. opportunities. but So I don't want to see any pitches in one-on-one situations. I want downhill from our guys. That's the only thing at any above-average level we've seen from our guys is downhill. That's it. Give me downhill. Yes. That's all I want. Line it up, help bring somebody like bring bring one small, small element of the John Dunn offense back. You could do it from a motion, but you know, help bring motion Quentin Moore into the backfield because he's been burying people as a blocker this season. Put him as a facts. He's yeah, back. Put this him week. as a lead blocker and just bury somebody off, you know, on a fourth and two or a third and two. Like just like I'm not saying like I don't want that to become our entire offense. I don't want the return of John Don. But like in this offense, situationally, a old school just God's hey, God's play with Chris Polk at Cal. Like occasionally I want to see us do that when we need to because it keeps drives alive and it we don't need to be smoking mirrors and hey, look over here, look over here, look over here. We're just gonna run it through you. Like Newton did on the touchdown. <laughs> Hey, and Grub. I want to see a dominant performance yes. by our O-line in this game. Mauling. Like, just another another week for Jackson to have long yep. under his belt. Yeah. You know, now I believe he's in. Yeah, as long as we don't bullshit. get any more bullshit um, calls on Troy. Guys were, that were... <laughs> Good God. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I mean, I don't see why we can't just I yep. mean, run the ball down the field. I really don't. Ryan Grubb's a, a prove-it-to-me kind of guy, too. And I think... Richard Newton really proved it to him last week. Um, you know, in the, especially in the past game, he needs to know that you can catch the ball. And I think we saw in the BYU game, you know, with Jacob Eason 
you know, he he showcases his hands, his uh, scramble drill kind of feel and stuff like that. But he hasn't really showcased that with this uh, this offense and with this staff. So I think kind of him scoring, you know, on that pass play kind of great. Play. Yeah, it, I think it really, really helped them figure out, oh, shit, like maybe we need to get him outside in one on one situations. We don't have a lot of wiggly guys that can make people miss. And he made two miss on the sideline. Oh, snap. So I think we're probably going to see a lot more opportunities for him in the past game, for sure. All right, let's do score predictions. Who wants to uh, lead? <laughs> uh, Hood, I'll take that as a no, that you don't want to go first. <laughs> I mean, I could. I could. I got mine cocked and loaded. I don't want to go at all. <laughs> the floor is... So, listen, man. I think, like I said, I think they're going to be mad arrogant. I don't think any of the, the, the weather is going to stop, you know, the the big Penix energy. I don't think any of that's going to change. Um, I will say, I don't know if I can remember any run play this season over 25, 30 yards, like off the top of my head. I'm going to say this is a, an opportunity to have one of those runs. So I really, really want uh, and an at least one, and that's <laughs> crazy to ask for, but I think this game we we get at least one big time run explosive, uh, maybe even for a score. Um, but um, I think our we're going to get above that thirty. We struggled with Cal. Um, but I think we get above that thirty mark and kind of get you know that offense we're used to seeing, that explosive offense we're used to seeing. Um, I th- like I said, I think it's going to be strength on strength with pass game versus their their defensive pass game. Um, and I'll give you thirty five twenty four. I think it starts off tough. Um, I think you start, you see Ryan Grubb try to kind of like lean on the run a little bit to figure out what looks he's getting. And then I think he's going to be like, all right, well, they're just mono a mono versus our guys. Let's just see who has the better athletes. And then I think at that point it turns, you know, it gets a little ugly um, into the second quarter, early for early third quarter yep. type five. So I'll go, I'll go ahead and go next. And uh, I said in the spaces last night, uh, with a previous forecast, I said 31-17, 31-20. I think the milder climate or the uh, milder wind prediction, I think we're going to see more of the throws downfield, and I think it's going to be something in the vein of 38-17, 38-21. Um, I think the run defense shows up enough to, to contain them a little bit. Their passing game doesn't overly concern me. Um and I think with a healthy secondary, I think we're going to see a better performance out of the secondary. Um, and I think the home field advantage matters. Um, and I think it's a a decent win. A good win, and it's more comfortable than, than I think we're, than we're thinking. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it's going to, I think the beginning of the game, well, the first half is going to be a lot of field position, filling each other out kind of thing. Um, but I do think uh, points will be a plenty. Um, as Hill was saying, I don't believe the weather will dictate what we're doing offensively. You know, I mean, we're going to run, we run. Um, and I believe, you know, this offense, um, the style travels, it travels different weather, it travels different states. So um, I think that Cal game was a, you know, it was a small little blip, but some players are probably looking forward to that bye. <laughs> kind of just wanted to survive the game. Uh, but well-rested, I think you're going to see an explosion of offense. 
Um, and as I stated before, I think this is going to be our best defensive performance of the, of the year, um, even with Braylon out. Um, I, I have the dogs winning. I'm going to go ahead and say we're going to get a 40 piece. I'm going to say we're going to win 41-24, I think. Uh, Oregon State uh, scores a scores a. I say I give them ten points. They scored ten points in the fourth quarter, but the dogs kind of hand. I like it. Start to finish. I like it, DJ. You sure we don't we don't want to end it now? <laughs> uh, right, damn, I really got to predict, huh? Okay, well, I'll say unfortunately, Oregon State covers. But dogs win 30-27. It's going to be a close game. Uh, Nail-biter at the end. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Like Every time you get to these predictions, you know, Dark Knight, you're always like thinking we're going to win 25 points. And you, you've been right a lot. But uh, it's hard for me to predict a blowout in this situation with, with Oregon State coming in. So, uh, honestly – I'm gonna be completely honest. I was—I told you earlier. Like, I was like, I couldn't figure out who, who I think would win. I was leaning Oregon State for a while, but gut feeling came in. Going dogs get the victory in close game. Appreciate that, DJ. I think one thing that we didn't even mention once is, is we didn't mention the home field advantage. Um, and if you just take that into perspective, it was forty-two to twenty-four versus Arizona, who has a far more explosive offense than Oregon State at home. And we still won by two possessions, more than USC won by. So what I would say is, is I will say it's got all the recipes for one of those top tier, that first tier, versus second tier game. Outside of uh, Oregon and Wazoo, the majority of those games have, and even like UCLA, Utah, have been 42 24 or 42 28 or they've always been these like two possession games that like are always somebody stealing a possession or somebody having a big kick return or somebody like and they've always won by either 10 or 14 or like that's what it just kind of seems like the difference is between the top teams and the and the middle tier team so i think that this game ends up being that like that 35 24 that kind of 10 14 point kind of uh, I, I will yeah. say to your question, Hood, that and to, to, to that comment, that if we show up tomorrow night and blow the doors off of Oregon State, that is a signal that even despite the loss to Arizona State, that it was like, okay, that was we're actually a, a top, yep. a tier one team in the conference with a questionable pass defense, but telling enough to, to mitigate it that the ASU game was a hiccup. Um and even the part, and like the parts of the you know where UCLA could have been a very different game, if not for a couple of plays. Yeah, I mean DJ. DJ, Sorry, no, I get I get your your sentiment where you're coming from. I just don't see. <laughs> I don't see an intimidating team. I don't see where they have an overwhelming. Well, they did. I mean, I watched the Stanford game where they won twenty eight twenty seven. And then they went on the, on the road to Utah, and I watched them get the doors blown off of them. Um, so, I mean, they haven't, aside from Utah, I mean, you see they go into a hostile environment, and that, you kind of watch well, them. Well, they, they had 
Uh, Oregon State was lucky to beat. Oregon State Stanford. was lucky to beat Sanford. They, Oregon they, State was lucky to beat. Didn't they play they, Oregon? They had a to, to score a, a last play of the game touchdown to beat Fresno State, I believe, to start the year. Thirty-five, mm-hmm. thirty-two. Yeah. Forgot about um, that. And while well, yes, they contained USC. They also USC does not have anything remotely resembling a good defense, uh, and they only scored fourteen points. So. And and I'm also not super high on as much as people are super high on Caleb Williams. I think he's he's very emotional, and I think mm-hmm. he he has really up and down games and things like that. So I think he kept Oregon State in the game more so than Oregon State kept themselves in the game. Um, so I, I do think, like I said, like you know they're and like you said, DJ, they're a tough. Uh, a tough team. They've got some swagger. I think they'll make a couple plays, get up and get in our face. And, you know, I think this is going to be one of the more physical games of the season. Um, Cause I think that's just kind of the styles make fights here. It's not going to be like a finesse battle so much, even though I think there's going to be solid pass numbers and stuff. I think it's going to be more of a, uh, even the receiver is going to be getting hit hard or running people over, et cetera. So I think that's going to be kind of the vibe. So, um, yeah, and I want to say one one of the things, like you guys talking about the weather not being a factor, and I agree. I don't think the weather is going to be a factor as, as far as game plan. Like the teams are going to game plan the same way as UW is. But I do think that the weather will probably have a factor on a couple plays, whether that's like a pass through the hands, going to interception, or a drop pass on a third down mm-hmm. or a fumble. And so I think that the weather could affect a couple plays like that that could impact the game either way. And an underlying an underlying kind of narrative for me, um, I just like to create stuff. Is um, isn't Oregon State coming off a bye, and we're also coming off a bye? Yeah. So I think this is one of the first times that our staff, outside of Mich- the Michigan State game, kind of gets to really flex their muscle um, and like show how their process is. And I think that's a differentiator as well. You go up and down Oregon State's staff and they have really really good good staff um but i just don't think it's to the tier and the caliber of our offensive or defensive staff and you give both of these staffs two weeks who comes out the better i think we have four guys on offense who can be oc and or hcs i think on defense we have a lot we have at least two or three guys who can be dcs um so in my head, I'm like, we've got the preparation advantage um, in regards to a two-week preparation for both teams. So I think that's going to be a, a solid underlying narrative for me, a flex for this offense – or sorry, for this uh, coaching staff, UW's that's coaching staff. That's a very good point, actually. And no distri- that's not disrespect to I Oregon State. One last – no, no. I think uh, one last point. Uh, with the buy, I know, especially with players with just having the emotional roller coaster of the year, I think it was just good to just have a break from football and then to come back locked in. Um, not only do you get healthy, you know, physically, but mentally. Um, so I think you're going to see a rejuvenated team um, kind of playing with that spirit that we've seen and, you know, kind of beginning of the year um, with this break as well. With with teams that with with a team that was really struggling to get to eighty five before the spring, you know what I mean. It's pretty exciting that we're six and two, and have had to balance all these injuries. Um, and then I think just with the way things are working out, it's very very beneficial that 
you know, we are having our buys. We had our buys so late in the season at this point. We've survived, you know, the ups and downs of the the roster and the depth and made it six and two. You know, we get healthy. We get somebody like Eddie back. And, you know, Eddie may not even play in the middle. He's a great edge rusher. You know what I mean? We need presence there. He's a great blitzer. We need presence there. So we're only going to get stronger down the road and more healthy down the road. Um, so it's, it's you know, Cam Fab is a backup now. And he's had four or five years, four or five games of starter experience, pr- uh, primary communicator on the defense with Asa out. So I think, like, you have, uh, you've kind of developed, um, you know, your bench and, and those things as well. So yep. getting real strong coming uh, down uh, the, coming down the a refresher, the last hundred, the final four game sprint prior to, you know, we'll see what happens in terms of things can get crazy in the conference in November. We, we know that <laughs> facts, man. <laughs> I think we're not the one that's due. We yeah. had our ASU, you know, bars. <laughs> <laughs> I think Oregon needs theirs. USC had theirs in Utah. I'm waiting for I'm waiting for Oregon and so they kind of have theirs. Against who though with Oregon? They're not gonna lose to Colorado. They have us. Oh, they have Utah. So I mean, that's Utah not yeah. right there. It's us so Utah's Utah. debate of their existence. Us, Utah and and Oregon State. Game. I mean that's a tough, tough yeah. way to end the that's year. Last yeah. yeah. All right, so. well, Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, hope to see you all loud and proud uh, at Husky Stadium tomorrow night. Go dogs! Six and zero at home. Beat the Beavlet. Go dogs! Pound the Beavers.